0: We're back, this is the, uh, the Good Book Boys oh,
1: I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, 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 so sorry, I thought, I thought this was the Good Book Boys I didn't realise I was uh, speaking to one of the uh, premier jazz experts on local radio mm. uh, Good Book Boy Josh, what are you being up to?
0: Oh, you know, not much. Just uh, sitting on the uh, the waves in the air um, on, on the local radio here on the peninsula. And, and you know, uh, if I wanted
1: to find that, uh, what frequency would I select?
0: Well, if you're local to the area, Mornington and the like, it's 98.7 FM. Um, otherwise if you're uh, further abroad Then I would suggest going to rwpfm.com.au
1: Just talking all things jazz
0: Exactly Jazz uh, Mostly jazz Yes, uh,
1: But we're not here to talk about jazz now No we're we. not
0: We're here to talk about books It's been a little bit of a, uh, a Time between drinks
1: What was our last one? Our um,
0: last one was Watchmen The yes, graphic novel Yes of course Yes, About three months ago Yes Roughly
1: And um, Yeah it has been a while um, But uh, we're back
0: We are back And back. we're in person
1: we are in person, um, which is always lovely, and we've got... Well, the plan was having a cafe-themed book. We were planning on going to a cafe, but <laughs> get this, and you'll appreciate this, listeners. Uh, the bloody coffee machine was broken. Um, not much of a cafe without a coffee machine. Uh, so, after that short detour, we we're back to, uh, to, the, to the, the Good Book Boys cave,
0: yeah, you, I mean you couldn't you couldn't be in Italy and have a cafe that doesn't serve cafe.
1: <laughs> Josh, you've got to you've got to stop this, all right? We're not <laughs> going to get anything done if you continue <laughs> with zany one-liners like that. Um but we are back in the in the in the, the good book cave. Yeah. Um there's a good book dog outside I can hear uh whining. Yeah, um, you might be able to hear him, but hopefully not. Uh hopefully not because he his 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 thoughts on this book is uh, probably not that problematic relevant. at best. Probably yeah. He got he really racist when <laughs> we asked your dog about it. Um What what book is that, Mr. Underhill?
0: This week, today, whatever time frame you want to say, um, we are reading Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi.
1: This was picked by this is a this is a Josh book. Yes. Um, it very based on the cover and the and the title, I believe.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I um I saw the cover It's, uh, if I describe it for the listeners, it's um, kind of the background is half this paisley, shiny, glittery kind of turquoise blue. Mm. And the bottom half, and that's top half, and the bottom half is white. And then on top of that, you've got two nice old chairs, a coffee table with a lamp, a cat, and two coffees. Mm. And it's called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. So I saw that and I was like, ooh, I like coffee.
1: And we are enjoying a coffee, maybe yours cheerily. Yes, we are
0: having one alongside, and we're going to try and do the podcast before our coffee gets cold, um, which will mean more to the listeners in a moment. Um, And then I read the the blurb, Mm -hmm. which I'll get you to read out, um, and it sold me.
1: If you could go back, who would you want to meet? In a small back alley in Tokyo, there's a cafe which has been serving carefully brewed coffee for more than 100 years. But this coffee shop offers its customers a unique experience. The chance to travel back in time. In Before the Coffee Gets Cold, we meet four visitors, each of whom is hoping to make use of the cafe's time-traveling offer in order to confront the lover who left them, receive a letter from their husband whose memory has begun to fade, see their sister one last time, and meet the daughter they never got the chance to know. But the journey into the past does not come without risks. Customers must sit in a particular seat, they cannot leave the cafe, and finally, they must return to the present before the coffee gets cold. Toshikazu... Kawaguchi's beautiful moving story explores the age-old question, what would you change if you could travel back in time?
0: There you go. So I read that and I thought, ah oh, this
1: will be interesting,
0: and I picked it up. What did uh, what are your first impressions? Well, gave me shades
1: of another another Josh book. Um yep. was by David Mitchell and the uh, Slade House. Slade House. Yep. In the same sense we've got this I guess quite a mundane setting belying a a uh, Supernatural element. Yes. Um, First impression. uh, This was originally a play. And I feel like it does read like a a play that's been translated into a... Yes.
0: I didn't know that, actually. So this was first a play.
1: This one was originally a play. Yeah. Now, do you...
0: um, Do you know that because... You um, accidentally read the wrong book initially? Is that something that was contained within the
1: first? <laughs> so, we will we will briefly touch on this book's sequel. Uh, we are reading today, Before the Coffee Gets Cold. I accidentally purchased Before the Coffee Gets Cold, subtitled Tales from the Cafe, which is a follow-up that follows a similar premise. Now, listeners, if you are going to make a sequel to your book, please... Please distinguish which is the original and which is the sequel, alright? Godfather 2 was clearly Godfather 2. Same with Spider-Man 2. Anyway, so I did read... So I purchased the correct book and then also read the sequel as well. So I can give you my thoughts on that one.
0: It honestly only is distinguished because it's got an extra Tales from the Cafe and it's gold.
1: Which could be Tales from the Cafe. Like, it could be just... That could be the original. That could be the first one in the series. Yeah. Um. But no, I read it in the, the the little forward there. Um. Or the about the author. Yep. Um. This was originally a play, and I definitely got the impression, particularly due to the setting, mm. you can easily imagine that. Yes. You know, a, 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 a cafe setting, and then that happening on stage because it's all localized within this one small cafe That
0: makes a lot of thing makes makes sense about a lot of things. Some of my criticisms coming forward will probably have now been addressed.
1: Because yeah, yeah. Um, what? Well, what, what were your thoughts?
0: I look. The first thing that struck me was that this this novella, I guess you'd say, suffered in translation. I think it yeah. makes a little more sense now that you've said that it was initially a play. It's quite simple in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh well i mean that's that's usually fine it just felt just a little too simple mm. for me
1: um in terms of both the dialogue and the the prose
0: yeah yeah it was just like they sim- simple can sometimes come off really uh you know really well and be really interesting and kind of allow the words to get out of the way of the story but in yeah. this sense it just was a touch too dry
1: yes and i yeah I, I, I felt the same way, and I attribute that to because in its original form, you don't have the words to convey meaning. Yeah. Everything that needs to be conveyed has to be done visually, through, visually and on yeah. stage. Um, so there was, yeah, uh, felt like it was lacking in that sense. That was another one of my criticisms. And we've got to remember, it's been translated twice essentially once yeah. to. From prose. stage to, to to prose, and then from Japanese prose to English prose, yep. and you're always going to miss Something subtleties in, those, in yeah. that language. Um, you know, there's there's so many things each language has that only native speakers can pick up on the different yep. inflections, different subtext, different meanings. So, because of that, it does come across, across quite mm, yeah, quite dry, quite. Um, not very complex in its in its prose, which I've, I've often said I don't mind. Um, yeah, I, I like the prose to get out of the way of the the story. I just want to read the story. Um, but felt that was that was a criticism. It's sort of what did you make of sort of this this four part structure? We've got as we said this cafe where you can go back in time yep. under some strict rules, and there's sort of four stories of people coming into the cafe yeah. um, and and wanting to, to address that. Did you like sort of the four little vignettes we had there?
0: Yeah, I, thought it, I think definitely now that I know that it was a play first, it makes sense in that setting uh, because it really is pretty much entirely within the room of this cafe. Mm. Um, for me, as a book, it felt a little bit too much like four short stories that mm. just happened to be linked... Um by, by some of the same characters in the setting um they they didn't the four stories didn't interact as much as I would have liked in an in a novella like this um I think it definitely would plays better to the to the theater
1: mm.
0: um medium i think than the story but having said that i didn't i didn't hate reading this book i thought i thought they were interesting it was an interesting concept yeah um i kept. I kept questioning the the ghost lady that sat there and kept reading and drinking coffee. I felt like that was a really interesting character. What if I
1: told you? That's explained
0: in the sequel. Really? Yeah. Ah, see, now I'm going to have to read the sequel because I thought she was an interesting character, yes. and they never explain what happened to her really and why she's just always there.
1: There you go. And I, I felt the same way, um, and definitely in the same way that that uh, slate house gave us. Glimpses of this, this other world, this yeah. extended universe, but doesn't sort of touch on it. There are these aspects, um, as you said. It's only sort of these these central, the sort of the employees of the cafe that that are present throughout all four different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do get a sense, I guess, of familiarity with these these characters, um, but the emphasis isn't on them. It's on these these. These four different stories of time travel. I appreciated as soon as you put time travel into your your story, you're opening yourself up to plot holes and inconsistencies. Yeah. For example, why doesn't Harry Potter just use the time turner to go and kick Voldemort in the head when he's a baby? Right? Yeah, they right. introduce in the Harry Potter series they introduce time travel in the third book and then it's never, never utilized again. Yeah. Um whereas a franchise like Back to the Future that it, it questions all of those things and brings those up yeah. um, so I did appreciate that they set quite early on pretty f- four or five quite solid rules and the most prominent is you can't change anything pretty much so yeah. the globe says what could you change if you go back in time but they, they specify look you can go back in time and you can talk to someone who was in this cafe but The future, the the present will still be the same. You can't change anything, Um, which I thought was a good way of getting around these these big questions about about time and continuity.
0: Yeah, it was a clever way to kind of allow to you know bring the time travel in as a as a story mechanism, but also really heavily limit it Mm. within the story so that you don't have to deal with some of those complexities that just come up by there being time travel.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: and I mean, it's so, it's so Japanese too, in the sense that um, that kind of mystical element is almost not even questioned. It's just like just part of the society, and it's just there, and no one really.
1: And 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 you know, it, they they mentioned that it was like it was quite a, a prominent urban legend for a while. Yeah, and then it just... and then people realized because you can't change anything. And you can only visit people who were in that cafe. They're like, oh, it's not mm-hmm. that exciting. Yeah. So it's like, I, I did appreciate that. It, it's not like this big secret. Everyone sort of, or a lot of people know that this cafe exists, but they yeah, they don't the, care that much. Yeah, I did appreciate that as well. Uh,
0: did you have a Did you have a favorite of the of the four little stories?
1: I found. See, I remember the fourth one. Um,
0: that was where they. Um, There's a child involved.
1: Um, yes. I thought, I thought the one, there is a, a one of a, a woman who wants to go back and talk to her husband who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, yeah. I thought that was quite, they're all sort of very, very similar tonally in that there's this, there's this sad thing. Yeah. It's quite bittersweet. But the characters get some closure or some yeah. new revelation about it. So That's sort of the, the consistent model in both both the original and the sequel. Sort of very very similar themes going there. But I thought that was probably my favorite. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, I think that was probably the second. I didn't like how that one ended in the sense of the, the crescendo of that mini story was a little bit of a letdown mm. for me. But I did like the, the concept of mm. traveling back in time to, to meet your husband before... just as it was um, kind of being taken over by that disease. Mm. Um, I really liked the the last one as well, um, where one of the um, staff members travels back to see... No, she travels forward, doesn't she? She's the one that travels forward. Yes,
1: so... Yes, and there's a reason, which I thought was quite quite good. They don't really... um, The reason that's not sort of a big deal is because within this cafe you can only you can only stay within the cafe so the premise is well there's no point going forward in time because you don't know if that person is going to be in the cafe in the future yeah so I thought again that was quite a good way of introducing this concept but keeping it grounded and keeping it limited but yes I did enjoy that one um, as well,
0: I think part of part of the limitations on the time travel also kind of restricts the stories to those kind of relational um, sort of stories that all have a similar tone because you can only talk to the people that you've already met. Yes, um, and you can't change anything about the, the future, so it really pretty much does constrict it to um, kind of sorting out unfinished business with yeah. family and friends.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's reinforced by this. I wouldn't say claustrophobic setting, but very yeah it seems a very sort of cozy, very yeah. familiar um, setting of this coffee shop in the basement I like how
0: the, I like how the setting had had a sort of by no particular like I couldn't put my finger on any particular part of the building or like a sentence that says this but it just has that kind of mystical feeling too that it's just always been there,
1: yeah yes and and you do get in the sequel which i mean look you have to review a book by itself you can't say oh well that's explained in future but it does it does flesh out that a little bit this yeah, sort okay. of this very this very understated sort of miraculous thing this time travel cafe that sort of everyone knows about and as you said it's just always been there and certainly um, particularly with the character of uh, Kazoo the, the waitress yep. who is so straightforward and nonchalant about all all the the rules and the going on going yep. on in this cafe I thought it was quite good how she I thought she was quite a good character in the way that that she just just explains it to you um yep she's not overwhelmed by the severity of of what this this cafe represents in terms of theme how does how does the cafe slash the coffee relate to the story like what was the choice of what was behind the choice of the author to ground it in this i think it's just a good place to
0: set it with those rules in mind given that like coffee and cafe is a place that you kind of meet people hmm. and and kind of talk over things um, I mean it also you know allows for before the coffee gets cold it kind of gives you that thematic time limit as well which you probably couldn't have like if it was based in a bookshop or something yeah or at a bar or and you're
1: right that. it gives it rather than saying alright you've got 30 minutes mm. it gives it again that very homely familiar sense you can stay back in time as long as this coffee is, is, is still is still hot any more thoughts?
0: Um, I don't think. I think, given that it's kind of yeah, it's doubly translated um, and it is quite simple. That you know, beyond beyond the mystical stories themselves, there's probably not that much else to discuss. But I, I enjoyed my time there. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I think it's a nice um, a, a nice read. That's not going to give you too many surprises, and um, you know, it does make you think about a few different things and and i did appreciate how the time travel was implemented mm. um one thing i wanted to ask before we close on the book is mm. did you how was reading effectively the sequel first no I,
1: I i i didn't read it first okay I, I all right you got it, it and
0: then you can confer- yeah right okay good
1: yeah yeah i would echo a lot of your a lot of your points it's very easy to read It's a it's it it is like getting having a a cup of coffee at a cafe. It's very yeah. sort of nice, it's familiar. I feel like in its original Japanese and on stage you'd feel a lot more touched by the story. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I think there's 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 there is um you know, an element of emotion and uh, that lends itself to the stage that's lost a little bit in mm. the simple prose.
1: It almost comes across almost childlike and mm. moralistic. The, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't call it profound in any sense. And I feel like first of all, if you're a native speaker of of, of Japanese and if you're seeing it on stage, I think you'd be touched a lot more. But it's fine. It was it was a solid three out of five for me on good book boys definitely interesting but I will say you give your rating what do you think
0: yeah I, I, I think I'd echo that as well I, I'd mm. give it a 3 out of 5 yep
1: and the sequel I would also give 3 out of 5 but that that's only because we're restricted by 5 different um, ratings I would say the Sequel is superior in every way. Okay. I think. Um, because I don't believe it was written for a play at all. Yeah. So, so you get a lot kind of more, take, yeah. you get a lot more substance there, and you do get a lot of the fleshing out of some of the it's exactly the same premise for people involving time travel, but as you said, you you get a lot more from the the central cast, and you get a lot more explanations about some of the things. Do you think you'd go, given that you've read them both? Yeah.
0: Would you go straight for the second, or do you think the first one is still great kind of necessary?
1: I I would probably say. I'd probably say, oh, that's a good question because, as we said, there's this there's this ghost in the first story. Yeah. Right. I do get the ghosts story in the yeah, second but
0: it's nice having the lead up to that. yeah yeah yeah
1: so look i would probably say go both start with the yep. first one and if you if you found it to be yeah all right enjoyable i'd say definitely go on to the second one yeah i mean we're only
0: we're only talking 200 odd pages a book so and
1: again with this prose it's not difficult no. to get through to chew through yeah um so i would yeah i would say if you're interested in Japanese literature, if you're interested in um, an interesting take on time travel, you know it's time travel, but it's not a science fiction story. I'd yeah, say, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's very grounded in in, in in reality, which I appreciate. Um, then I would say, yeah, give before the coffee gets cold a try, and uh, if that uh, if that suits your appetite, appetite, then. Order another with, before the coffee gets cold, towels from the cafe. Specify with the bookshop owner <laughs> which one they are getting.
0: <laughs> yeah, the blue one is the first one, the gold, the gold one, is the, one is the second one. Yeah. Would you echo those
1: thoughts? Josh? I would,
0: yes. So that's Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi. Alex, what are you reading outside of the Good Book Boys uh, prerequisites?
1: Um, So much. Varied, <laughs> varied... V- I'm a man of varied tastes mm-hmm. so I read yesterday the David Williamson Australian classic The Club mm-hmm. which is a play written in 1977 about a about the coffee club no 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 not about the coffee club <laughs> no you're you, no we'll, we've moved off coffee <laughs> okay, Josh sorry. Sorry. Um it's about uh, the inner machinations of a uh, Australian rules football club yep and actually, I saw the the film version, which was filmed a few years later version of it. And I, I like, I loved the film so much. It's yeah. very rare that I find something that I just I instantly like. Is this with.
0: based on a true story, or is it just kind of it like is, an, an imagination so, of?
1: No, it's it's heavily inspired by the Collingwood Football Club in the nineteen seventies. Yep, really fascinating story because I, I'm such a big. I'm a big fan of the history of AFL. Yep. And it's such an interesting time. It's that transition where it stopped being about supporting your suburb, and it started to transition into a sort of a more cutthroat business model. Yeah. And sort of the inner machinations. Very, you know, easy to read. Again, set in just the boardroom, sort of on one day, the play is not the, the film. And I just, I, I, so I saw the film and had to buy the... The play absolutely loved it. Besides that,
0: was uh, was Specky McGee in there anyway? (laughs) Specky McGee.
1: (laughs) I wonder if they're still making Specky McGee. My brother used to, used to froth actually. Um, you hear it here first. I, the first sort of completed book, I book the first completed novel that I ever wrote, yep, was a, a story of a really ill tempered and really violent football player in junior football called Scabby <laughs> McDonald <laughs> which, uh, which we might we might read next time for good book boys but no that's uh was that,
0: that was that pre-dating Specky McGee do you have a, a lawsuit on so your hands you able...
1: I still remember this it, um it was book day at school yeah. and Eddie just came Eddie my younger brother came dressed in his football jersey yep yeah. and it just, and said so he, he was going to be speaking McGee, but when he came down his football jersey like the night before, yep. my grandma was like, "Oh, it's Scabby McGee," because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know the character. Didn't know the so, so, that, so, thought, so that so that got the mind blowing. Anyway, yes. what club, else? What David else? Williams. Love that. Um, I recently read another Australian, on a very different uh, calibre. Um, Matthew Riley, who's known for his mm. big, explosive yeah. um, treasure hunting stories, which are. Exactly what you expect, and like, thoroughly enjoyable for what they are. They're, I don't want to say dumb as hell, like, he does a really good job of, which I really appreciate, incorporating myths and legends, and sort of into like a a realistic um, story setting, you know, there's always an explanation for this, how this ancient myth actually happened, which is always enjoyable, but he's sort of he's wrapping up this series that he's been doing since, I've been reading since I was like 14, so I found that at a up shop got that very enjoyable. I what do
0: what see, I do see Matthew Riley everywhere. Mm. Whenever I go to Up shop, mm.
1: it's him, Dan Brown, yeah. and usually the Fifty Shades of Grey series. Yes, very everywhere. pop, pop entertainment. Yeah, yeah. that you read, and then turf. Yeah, you get at an airport, read it, get through it, and you're like, all right, well, I don't need this on my shelf anymore. Yeah. Um. Besides that, um, bloody hell, um. Still doing Tintin, obviously. I'll get to my plugs shortly. Let me just quickly check. This is a few, I'm...
0: a few political-based non-fictions.
1: Um, yes, yeah. Um, if you're interested in reading, um, where is it? The Nazi dictatorship: problems and perspectives of interpretation. You know, I can give you my thoughts on that as well. Read the the classic. Pulp Thriller, Sax Romers, The Mystery of Dr. Fu Manchu. Yep. um, Which was... Fu Manchu was a very prominent sort of supervillain in early 20th century literature. Um, Really didn't... Like, I was familiar with the character of Fu Manchu. I'd never read one of the stories about him. Um, It's sort of... Imagine, like, Holmes and Watson. But... It's like, like a Sherlock Holmes story, but the villain is... Infinitely more interesting than the heroes. I actually didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Mystery of Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu was the only interesting part of that whole story. Yeah. Um, but look, that'll 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 wrap it up for now. There's as you can quite a tell, bit. I go to op shops and just ooh, ooh and add that to the shelf and then just try and get through it. But, uh, I'll I'll ask again. Yeah, I
0: think this is the fourth fourth ep- episode in a row. Yeah. How's the uh, sticky notes situation going?
1: <laughs> Fine, but fine but it does help me keep track but it, it doesn't it doesn't prevent me from buying new books which yep. was the intention so i kept track of how many books i have to read yeah but you're still Spoiling. buying it's shit tons <laughs> like um so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to prioritize books that i've previously bought at op shops and then just left them on the shelf and said, I'll get to that sometime. Yeah. I'm actively saying, well, no, read them. And if you want to get rid of them after that, you can get rid of them. But I can't bring myself to clear out books on my shelf without reading them. Yeah.
0: And that's fair enough because you don't know what's inside. You could could be getting rid of amazing. Yeah,
1: but I buy too freaking many. (laughs) Anyway, besides, besides good book boys fair, what have you been reading?
0: Um, most prominent, I, I read um, by Henry James, Portrait of a Lady, recently, mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm. It's been my favourite book of the last what 12 months or so. Is... Uh, he wrote that late 1800s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting take on um, kind of American English society. It's from the perspective of a young lady and her. Um, her struggle to try and stay independent and mm. single in a time where marriage was everything, um, and, you know, women were, you know, seen to to just be pretty much children rearers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought that the character sketching in that book was really amazing. I thought that the funny characters were hilarious and the um, heart-wrenching moments were heart-wrenching. Like, everything was really well done. Um, so, I really enjoyed my time with that book. Right. And I'm now going through um, Madame Bovary by Flaubert. So...
1: Similar time period,
0: similar time period. Yep, uh, but French. So, so this is in translation again. Yeah.
1: Are these? Is this sort of your quest to get through the classics?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, it's it's partially that, and partially I listen to a, a literature podcast, and so that always whets my appetite for, yeah, it's for um, appetite. for various classic novels and stuff. But yeah, it is a bit of a quest to kind of tick off the background of our culture.
1: Yeah, it's a Sisyphean task though, isn't it? It is a bit. Because as soon as you tick off one, you realise it was inspired or it had two more contemporaries. So not only is it Sisyphean in the case that you're always pushing that boulder up the literary hill, but to continue with our Greek myth metaphor, it's a... Uh, a literary hydra in the yep. case that you uh, slay one head and two more emerge, emerge. in its place. Yep. But You can follow more Greek myths on my new <laughs> Greek myth podcast. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I was just saying, but
0: at least it's a joy to, to uh, That's slice it. those heads off.
1: That's it, to, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do worry I do worry sometimes that I am reading to have read a, the book yep. um, rather than
0: for any enjoyment for
1: enjoyment you know it's i i worry that it's it's becoming less a a leisurely activity and more like something to tick off the checklist because i've got all these books on my shelf i need to get through them it's a task but having said that when you find a book that you love you you love it anyway yep agreed and that's and that's my thoughts on books Yep, absolutely
0: um and i also i also did mrs dalloway by virginia wolf which i also really enjoyed so that's another short one if anyone wants a, a short
1: classic now if i recall piece. correctly that's the one where robin williams dresses up as a maid uh to see his children and quite a heart-wrenching tale is that correct yeah yeah it
0: was amazing how virginia Woolf would kind of <laughs> predict that robin williams was mm. going to mm. come Beard. into popular culture yeah. in the 80s yeah
1: She was good. good. Uh, Josh, where can we find you?
0: So, you can find me at Hot Cup of Jazz on Instagram. I'm slightly more active at the moment because um, I kind of left you all hanging last episode that had some news coming, and that is, which we covered up at the top, that I am now a co host of a jazz show. Um, So, I'm active on there, kind of showing the behind the scenes of um, selection um, process and, you know, um, doing the show. So, come along and have a listen. Uh, Hot Cover Jazz on Instagram or 98.7 FM 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesday nights.
1: Fantastic. What about you? Where, where can we find you, Alex? Best place is on Instagram at richer underscore L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E. That's sort of home base for Mr. Gates, it is. if you will. Um, and from that... What you will can, you find there? Well, huh, What, what, what won't you find? You? <laughs> um... You've got plenty of uh, links to other projects that I'm involved in. Most notably, if you're a fan of the Franco-Belgian Comic Tradition or Tintin, you can follow my Tintin podcast on its own Instagram page at tintin.podcast or you can look up Radio Tintin wherever you get your podcasts. I
0: definitely think about the Franco-Belgian
1: Comic Tradition. Comic Tradition. I know. Well... We all do. It, it, it haunts us. Um, but Latte Richer underscore on Instagram. Still still haven't got the original Latte Richer Instagram. Someone's still holding that. that I think the
0: underscore gives it character. Thanks. And if you enjoy Skies and Trees.
1: Yeah, it's, it's books I'm reading... Um, interspliced with pictures of blue skies with some trees overlaid. the yeah. but you can also follow Tintin.podcast um, if you just want to get straight to the good stuff we recently did an episode we recently did an episode the royal we we recently did an episode and uh, we're working hard at that we're always researching looking up Tintin if you're interested you like Tintin don't you Josh I do fantastic well that brings us straight into what book we're going to be reading next week
0: what book are we reading next week?
1: In what is going to be a monumental crossover yep. between Good Book Boys and Radio Tintin. Oh, I'm ready. We are going to be reading a novel by Frederick Teuton mm-hmm. called Tintin in the New World. Whoa. A reinterpretation of the beloved boy reporter, which I believe places him in a contemporary and adult setting. I've... Seen this book advertised? I've had it on my shelf for a while. I thought it's a novel, so it's not a it's not a Tintin album. It's not a Tintin comic book, but it does deal with Tintin, a character we both know very well. And I'm excited to delve into it with you and see what it's all about.
0: I am very excited. That is exciting how, how? How?
1: I don't know. <laughs> like
0: copyright, isn't that? The I biggest? don't know.
1: With <laughs> with with the estate holders of Tintin is a huge issue I don't know how they get away with it. but it's, cl- it's it's Tintin it's not it's not a character that's meant to be Tintin yeah like, it's not Tom Tom. N- it's not <laughs> like it's definitely Tintin and um hey we'll see I, I, I I've I've been really curious about this book for a long time. I don't know. It could be incredibly pretentious, it could be incredibly enjoyable, but I really want to get through it, so I think you're the man to join me on that task.
0: Well, be excited, listeners. That's going to be a podcast not to miss. Mm-hmm. But until we do come back, as always, this has been Josh, good book boy number one,
1: and And for Good Book Boy, Alex. <laughs> and as we you,
0: exactly as we always say
1: if it ain't a good book boy. You better leave it on the shelf.
0: Until next time. Bye.
1: Bye